Hello, and welcome to Lunch with Lee. I'm your host, Shane Lee. Today on the show, Matthew Burke, a former Australian rugby union player and sports presenter, playing 81 tests for the Wallabies and 197 appearances for the New South Wales Waratahs. He won a World Cup in 999 and is still the most capped Wallaby at fullback. Post-career, he reads the sports news on Channel 10 and at home is a dad to four daughters. And Nathan Gray, a former Australian rugby union player, playing 35 tests for the Wallabies and 94 appearances for the New South Wales Waratahs. He's also part of the 1999 World Cup winning team. Post-career, he has a degree in business management and a master's in marketing and is currently working as a coach in rugby. Let's get started. Welcome to Lunch with Lee. I'm your host, Shane Lee. Today on the show, Matthew Burke, a former Australian rugby union player and sports presenter, and Nathan Gray, a former Australian rugby union player. Let's get started, boys. Welcome to the show. Ah, Shane. Hello, mate. How are you? (laughs) Mate, thanks for doing this, guys. Now, leading up to this, I always do my research. I thought I'd contact an old opponent of yours. Oh, this will be good. Andrew Mertens. Oh. And I said, give me, give me some, uh, yeah, some juicy stories on the boys. And he wrote this back. Ha ha, I wish it was possible to have dirt on either of those two blokes. No chance. There never will be. Just don't ask Berkey about his golf. He will give you a detailed rundown of his last round, all 100 shots of him. <laughs> oh. It's not a bad sledge. Oh, Mer- Mertz is one of the, Mertz is one of the greats, isn't he? I mean, He's a great bloke. It's, it's funny because you, you, uh, I mean, we played against, and you would have been the same, mate. You, we played against these blokes, and we hated them for, you know, 13 years yeah. because they were the Kiwis. They were winning. They set the standard. And then you realise afterwards, when we get to have a chance and have a beer with them, they're the world's best blokes. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they've got the same ethos as us. They want to win. They want to do well. Uh, and they want to have a drink and tell a story. And, and it's, it's, it's a win-win for everyone. And Mertz uh, enjoys a drink and does, loves a story. Yeah. And he's just one of the good blokes. He's a good guy. And now, Nate, you and Berkey... Uh, good mates off the field as well. Yeah, we are, mate. Uh, my, my footy resume doesn't quite line up to his, but um, <laughs> mate, yeah, we've done it. We've done it, done a bit together, and we've got kids similar age, so you sort of bump into them at little athletics, and now our, our daughters are playing rugby um, with each other. So yeah, we bump into him, and it's always good to catch up with oil. And is the sporting gene carried over? You were saying one of your girls has been selected. Oh. No, it hasn't, mate. I think my yeah. wife's jeans might have kicked in there, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um, she's uh, she's just taken to it. It was really interesting because women's rugby sort of all the, it's been so, it's been the growth of it's been phenomenal. Mm. And she originally wasn't that keen on it, and I just sort of yeah, whatever. If you want to try it out or whatnot, she went to Sydney uh, Sydney Sevens. We went to the sat in the grandstand. She watched the game. and We walked out. And she's like, Dad, I think I want to play sevens. Mm. I was like, that's awesome. So, yeah, just trying to mm. – she's been into it and, yeah, she, she's, she's really enjoying it and, and starting to learn all the things about footy that, you know, we sort of love and enjoy. That They're, they're coming into that age now where they're starting to sort of realise the friendships and camaraderie and whatnot. And it's nice to see because for women's sport, you're having four daughters, Becky. Yeah. There's plenty of opportunities now for the girls. Well, from that point then, from playing sevens, my little one came back when the girls won the gold medal and said, oh, yeah. right, Dad, I want to play. And I went, okay. And they, and they played a game. So good. Uh, you know, just for Newport uh, Public School, you know. And yeah. I said, right, you got to learn that. You got to learn to tackle. You got to have a mouth guard. You got to wear a headgear. And she goes, I'm not wearing a headgear. I went, right, you got to learn to tackle. Yeah. And I and I was, I thought, right, I'll, I'll teach you how to tackle. I walked into the room one night. And she came out of nowhere and went, what? I went, good hit. Your head's in the wrong spot. So it's like you get knocked out that way. I said, so, and and you just try and and, and like crazy would say, you just try and teach them the basics, the, the, the small things. You'd be the same, mate. You know, when you when you see the kids, and this bloke has 
coach at the highest level, and if I if I do any sort of coaching at the kids' level, you, you want to just give them the give them the knowledge of, of something, That's which right. means they can play. Yep. And, and rugby's a tough game in itself. You know, run forward, pass back, and, and a bad game of rugby for for kids. You know, when they're dropping the ball everywhere. So if you get the basics right, it, it looks it, it's fantastic. And and and. Yeah, the satisfaction sitting on the sideline as a dad watching your kids yeah. do well is incredible. It's huge. It's something about uh, sportsmen having daughters. I've, I've got two older daughters and a son, Thomas. Um, and Brad McNamara, the former New South Wales yeah. cricketer, used to call me when I had two daughters. He used to call me Raylene Boyle. <laughs> two silver medals. <laughs> Which oh, I find that's, that's a bit tough, right? But um, oh. I've got a gold medal now. But um, I'll tell you what, you cricketers. Talk about sledges. You've got too much time in the field to think about it. That's so true, mate. Now, Berkey, you're... Um, <laughs> You're actually on the wall at my parents' home. Um, Brett and I were the first two ambassadors of Wheat Picks. Yes. And you and George came yeah, along. Yeah, that's right. Mm. And up on the wall at home still, mum and dad love it. They still laugh today. You said to my parents, dear Helen and Bob, yeah. you signed an autograph. You have nothing to be proud of. <laughs> <laughs> we say love. They say hello, mate. That's fantastic. Do you know what I mean? I remember that, um, I remember that time when we did that, that ad at, a, at an IGA overnight. Yes. I was actually telling, only telling one of the blokes yesterday that I was doing this podcast with you. And I said, and, and the security guard comes out and he goes, he goes, Brett, it would be an honour if you put six balls down at me. And remember we were playing, we were dunking the ball yes. in the water and it was yep. like a the slippery sort of, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, it tile floor. Like the it was like 100%. Not that I even knew what the whacker pitch was like, but yes. And the security guard just got bamboozled. And I'll never forget the last ball. And Bing has gone, I'll just blast his thumbs out now. And boosh. And we were sitting there going like, yeah, respect to the security guard. Um, but to get to do that early days, I mean, that's... That was just great fun. That was a good time, and a long time ago now, mate. Uh, and are your parents still live by that same mantra? Yes, they are, yes. Well, they've got, they've got another brother called Grant. I think they're proud of him. <laughs> now, Nathan, um, post-career, mate, um, you've got a, a business marketing degree, a master's in marketing. Yeah, yeah. But you're, you're, you're in coaching. Yeah, I, I sort of, when I went to Japan post sort of playing in Australia, I... I played over there for a couple of years and I had to, part of my deal was I had to do some coaching and I was like, yeah, I had no real desire to be a coach at all. And then got over there and started coaching and, and it was really intoxicating. I actually actually really, really enjoyed it. So the plan was to sort of, yeah, do my, finish my uni and then, and then head towards advertising. Um, but no, the, the, the coaching bug really bit me and then, mm. yeah, it sort of flowed from there and right place at right time Melbourne Rebels kicked off in 211 and was a part of that sort of foundation team and then yeah luckily enough to kick into the Tars and the Wallabies and and have a bit of success success there and now I'm doing the Junior Wallabies which is is an amazing space to be in it's you know the players are quite malleable at that age and they're, they're, they're thirsty for information and yeah it's really you know we spoke about Berkey spoke about you know, when you're coaching a kid or someone who's new to the game, and you see them, you see that light go on. Mm. Like, geez, that, that that's that's rewarding, and that's the part of coaching that I that I really really love. Do you do you? Oh, here's a question for me, mate. Do you find yeah. it difficult to separate you as the football player to now as the coach? That's a good question. No, I don't, because now with the, with the kids like these twenties that I'm dealing with, they got no idea who we are, mate. Like, mm. they're like, <laughs> yeah. it's more their parents. Like their parents, are like, hey, go and get that, go and get Nathan's yeah. signature, or go and get Matt's. Sig- oh, I got a great story about this, mate. <laughs> can I, can so, I, no, mate. <laughs> no, mate. We're down. We're down at uh, the girls are playing touch footy, uh, rugby training, and Berkey's there, and he's sort of. Helped out a little bit with some catch and pass, and there's one of these, this, one of these boys are doing some goal kicking off to the side. Anyway, Berkey's kind of gone over and sort of, yeah, um, yeah, mate, mate, just 
bloke would kick a goal, mm. like far out. Yeah. Well, one of the world's best. And these kids like, yeah, mate, yeah, whatever, whatever. Yeah, no dramas. <laughs> just brushed him. And then, and then at the end of the session, the dad was talking to the kid yeah. and the dad's gone, mate, uh, what's yeah. going on out there with, um, with Matt Burke? And the kid goes... What do you mean? The bloke that reads the news. <laughs> he's like, yeah. And he goes, so mate, good. he's trying to give you some goal kick. He's one of the best goal kickers the world's ever seen. And the kid just had no idea. Nothing. So to go, to go back to Berkey, so it's, true. Mate, I, I, it's the, that, that age, no. I, I've been coaching now for sort of 10, 15 years. So the coach side of it is is removed. It's more the, the parents that remind the kids. I, yeah. I, I know the feeling because I, um, as a cricketer, Indians love cricket, right? And so we'd always get free Indian wherever we went. And only about a few months ago, I went to the local Indian restaurant. And he said, "Shane, leave for you two dollars off." <laughs> for fuck's sake! Anyway, <laughs> and say hi to Brent. Thanks, mate. Yeah, cheers. Let's dry it off. Right. Now, now, Burke, you're talking about goal kicking. <laughs> Is it true you used to wear a smaller shoe on your right foot on kicking? Yeah, only because uh, literally I got sort of bung feet, and I got a, a, a worked out a nine and a half on the right and a ten on the left. So right. when you, yeah, and it's and it's the. Professionalism allowed you to do that because, you know, as a kid, you've got to buy for your left foot, which is mm. a size 10, and then you just wear like a couple of pairs of socks and an inner sole in there just to take, the, take up the space. But when, uh, when we were able to get all the boots, I think we're sponsored by Mizuno, I think at one stage there, you know, and the, and the Mizuno boots they gave us were about 450 bucks a boot type thing. Wow. So I had, I had, I had two discarded boots that, that I, I'd never used. So you'd, you'd fit them in, and, and it was only because the availability, availability of that um, but you did it. So early, early, when I used to kick goals, yeah, you line up, walk back, and I used to tap my foot into the ground to basically take up the space on uh-huh. the boot, if you know what I mean. So right. you get your toe right at the very end. And I got asked this question early, early, and it was like, uh, he said, uh, so your routine for kicking goals, you, you tap your, your toe on, <laughs> on the in there. Yeah, yeah, pit toe. Because my boot's too big. My boot's too big. And they said, oh, is that, are, you, are you mimicking the great Roger Gould? And I said, Roger who? And I went, oh, my God, that's sacrilege. You know what I mean? I, I, mate, I had no idea about rugby. You know, like I played soccer as a kid. I went to Joey's, and we, it was like five walls, basically, of there, and, and that's all I knew. And it wasn't until, sort of until you, you, you got out of sort of what was just schooling back in the day and then you realised what was the big wide world, you know? Yeah. And so I didn't know the history of, of rugby. I mean, obviously you do now and, and who you've played with and who played before you. But, you know, previous to that, I think it's a big part of the, even the young kids as well, knowing the history of where they came from yeah. because a lot of them don't, as Grazie said before, a lot of them don't know. No, and it is really important, I, I think, yeah. yeah. Let's have a quick break now. Uh, we're here at the Buena Vista Hotel, Middlehead Road, Mossman. Fantastic pub and restaurant. Uh, for lunch, I'm going to have a steak fritz today. A nice little shabbly to go with it. And of course, can't go without an O'Brien beer. And we'll be back straight after this. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies, and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. Come have a beer at the Buna on Middlehead Road in Mossman. With a relaxed yet sophisticated vibe, you'll quickly discover why the Buna is a favourite amongst locals and a destination in its own right. A great place for a drink, but if you're hungry, 
but Buna's offerings will leave you spoilt for choice. If you're out for dinner or lunch, you might want to sit in their elegant dining room, Bistro Mossman, offering a Provençal French bistro menu and a wine list which is sure to tickle the fancies of any wine connoisseur. Hidden out the back is Bistro Mossman's bespoke gin and whiskey bar, Juniper Lane. Perfect for intimate drinks, group get-togethers, or even your next cocktail party. So, come have a drink. See ya at the Buna. Now, there's nothing like a healthy head of hair. Shane, when I first met you, those blonde flowing locks, well, they had a life of their own. Yes, Timmy. As they say, look after your hair and everything else will take care of itself. Now, I've got something for you too, Timmy, even with that silver fox look. It's called Main Hair Care. Oh, Main Hair Care. I know it. I absolutely love it. Yes, mate. Specialised men's hair care. Targeting scalp conditions to stimulate scalp and over time improve growth. Oh, it's a fantastic product. It really is. I also note that it's all Australian, fully organic ingredients, Shane. Yep. Not only will you look good, but the scent is just wonderful. Main Hair Care. I'm going to get it on today. And that's spelled M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. Nate, what do you think of the current Wallabies? Um, from my, from an outsider's point of view, they yep. look like they're getting some momentum. They've won five games in a row now. Yep. Um, big tour of the UK, but there's a lot of injuries and guys pulling out due to contracts. Yeah. How do you think we're going overall? Look, I think it's been, uh, I think it's been great. I think the the trajectory of the side's looking really positive. Um, you know, the new coaching, whole new coaching crew that came in since um, since Czech left. And it's been a breath of fresh air. It's been mm-hmm. great. You know, the guys are the guys are really tied into what they're trying to do. Dave's leading the ship really well. You know, he's got some really good assistance with Scotty Wisemanel and, and Matty Taylor in there, who are who are Aussie guys who have been coaching overseas but yep. have come back to Australia and really want to get inside the tent, so to speak. Um, and you can see that the growth and the progression there. It's just, yeah, it's it's been impressive. And you know, this tour is going to be tough. And you know, it's always difficult with those contractual obligations. Those guys who went to Japan and yeah. Um, you know the Japanese the Japanese clubs releasing them and whatnot. It's a, it's a bit of a tightrope, and there's a lots of lots of different things and ins and outs around that. But from knowing all those guys and um, their their desire and their want to play for Australia and represent the country is is number one, and that's really impressive. That's something that's really refreshing for me to hear from those guys from from conversations. That's good, a, that's good to hear. Yeah. What about Samu Karevi? He's just yeah changed the whole dynamic of it. It's it's interesting because Quade Cooper's getting. Mm. A lot of plaudits, if that's the word. Yep. But he's actually been quite sort of quiet, quite a bit. He's just yeah. been shifting more than which is, else. Which is great. Which like, is great. Everyone, I heard the commentary, and we can bash Mertz later, but he's sort of <laughs> he's talking about talking about you know the the flair of Quay Cooper and the and the and the, the ad hoc and the the crazy stuff. It's like, yeah, we, we need the consistency of yes. Quay Cooper. We need the catch pass, taking Stephen the line on. Put, yeah, put blokes through space, and Quade's got that in his game. And then the odd freakish thing yeah. that happens that's that's the bonus you know that doesn't need to be his his mainstay so yeah but the the i think they're looking good and um you know the tour is going to be tough over there they've got, yeah. they've got three tough games so but, but you think i, I don't i've never met never met quade cooper um but this strikes me a guy that had a lot of ability i think he struck me put a lot of pressure on himself and he almost sort of given his opportunities to play for australia almost thought that was in, in the past been given another opportunity now, so he's playing with a bit of freedom. Is that mm. is that your take on it? Or yeah, I mean, I was, I was I was hesitant to start with to, to bring him back, um, yeah. more for the fact of I suppose because we remember what he was, you know, yeah. like we remember in 2011 when he won, and there was a, perhaps a bit of 
there was a strut about him, a bit of arrogance mm. perhaps about him. Remember he did that interview at Coogee and it went for six seconds, that kind of stuff. He going, mate, yeah. like, yeah. who are you? Wayne Bennett type thing. So, <laughs> so then it was like, when he got the start to come back again, and then he was playing. Was it sec- was it second division in Japan? Is that what he was playing? Yeah, he's playing with Contessa over there, who were in second division. Second yeah. divi- so you yep. think, hang on, how, how are you going to match up? But then he, mate, shirt off. His rig's outstanding. Like he's just <laughs> fit as, as what you could. Wear, you know what I'm going to say? Maybe you could play with his shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you could, didn't Etzebeth? Yes, yeah, he did plenty of times. Oh, man. mate, what about what about when Etzebeth? Remember the South African up, and he's got his shirt ripped off, and he just walked off, going, yeah. "Look at me." Type things <laughs> like that. No, it was a Enormous, and so, but but I remember him from that other bloke, and so I, I was me personally, I was hesitant for him to go through there. Who was the number ten? Uh, Lolasio, and I feel for Lolasio as well. Like he's played three games against New Zealand. Yeah, we get bashed, yep. and then they played South Africa, who didn't play well, and the other guy gets an opportunity. And yes, he kicked his goals and, and kicked that one to win. So look, you know, he, he's he keeps saying he's in a better place, and it looks like he is in a better place. Helps when you've got 105, 108, 10 kilos outside you and you can just shift the ball and sure. that, that yeah. helps enormously, you know. But yeah. You saw him. that on the weekend like yeah. against Japan. 100%, they, yeah. they missed Samu big time. Just yeah. that punch in the midfield. Yep. Like Pasami's a great player, but he's he's not 106 he's, kilos. Yeah. No, he's not as he yeah. is. So, yeah. what, um, what are your thoughts on, um, I suppose, you guys played in, a, in an era that was hugely successful. I want to get your both thoughts on... Um, look back at rugby and where it's sort of been the last sort of couple of years, does that disappoint you? Do you feel upset about rugby? It, it's sort of, you know, I think John O'Neill destroyed club rugby in this country. I don't know what you think, but he sort of ripped out the heart and soul. And rugby sort of lost its way. It sort of it used to be up here, right? And it's sort of clawing yeah. its way back. But do you, do you feel saddened by that? I I feel, I, mean, I, I don't feel sad about the game. The game, no. the game is always going to you know, be close yep. to my heart. Um Club rugby uh, got a bit lost for a while there. Mm. Starting starting to get some traction back again, which is good. Yeah. Um, it, it, I feel I feel saddened for the other people who are watching it who have jumped off rugby. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 that's the hard part. I think the biggest thing that uh, that has has been a hindrance to, to rugby, if that's the case, is the is the laws of the game. The, the, I mean, we don't even call them rules; we call them laws. That's sort of that's yeah. our sort of you know. Yeah toffee we are if that's the word for, for <clears throat> from a rugby perspective and I think that it changed the direction of how you can play and 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 you know and I know that I know it's safety first and the rest of it but there it the game has been perhaps limited a little bit and, and so it's it's limited in the way they play uh, Gray's again add from it from a from a coaching perspective and if, if it has been more difficult in that regard but you know I I, I mean I'll always bleed gold and yeah. green and gold, you know what I mean? So, and you're always, you know, try and get on the mantra. And I, I feel sad for, for, you know, like the, the father-in-law's type thing, you know, who, who <laughs> remember the day, and I'm not going to change over, I'm not going to buy the subscription to stand, it's crap, and I only watch New Zealand rugby because it's the great race. I said, mate, yeah. jump yeah. on board. Yeah. Like, you know, get on board. I, I saw something from Helmet the other day saying, you know, like, stick with it because yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're good players. You know, you just don't turn bad. And they're trying too. Like, as you said, mate, they're giving it everything. So. Oh, man. I, I, I've never known a player in my career playing and coaching that's gone out to play shit. Yeah. Like, no one does that. No, they don't. And no. it's just, I think the the landscape at the moment is, is really positive and the sporting landscape in Australia yeah. is, is flooded with options for entertainment. Like, that's the reality of the matter. Yeah. Um, and then, you know... Peeling that back again, it's also flooded for for players around, you know, trying to get the best kids to play rugby or play rugby yeah. league or AFL or soccer or whatnot. Um, but you know, I think I think the game's in a good place. It's just 
around that exactly what Berkey said. Like if you if you enjoy the game, just get behind them. Like yep. and the great like you look at whenever Ireland or England are touring out to Australia. How good are their supporters? They just... They love it. They're frick... They're welded on. Yeah. It's and fun. it's so good. It's funny, um, <laughs> It's so good. We're having lunch here today at the Buena Vista Hotel, and, and Nick Wills is hosting us. Thanks to Wills. He said he was at Thank your wedding you, as well. Yeah, he yes, was. He still owes nice me. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, it was a fair wedding, but I, too. But, but, but I remember going... I remember coming to the Buena Vista when was a, you guys were playing. There was a rugby match on, and yeah. it's a real traditional rugby pub, right? And, yeah. And I brought one of my good mates, Chris Muldoon, who I used to live with. He's yeah. a Melbourne boy. No idea about rugby. And he came up, he sort of he was getting into it. You guys are playing it, and Takiri makes a break in the gap and he yells out, Go Wendell. And the pub just went dead quiet. What <laughs> do right. drop? Yeah, it wasn't anyway. I don't know why I told that story. But um now, I wanna but it's interesting, like I reckon like the, the like the rugby public in Australia, like and no longer it's interesting because I've I've almost seen that junior wallaby space. It's the pathway in rugby and the consistency of rugby, it's changed. Like it's no longer do you play for the you know, the, the Seaforth under-8s or the Manly Roos under-8s, yep. and then you go to school and then you go to your club or whatnot, you might, you might these kids, well, my kid, you know, he played a bit of soccer, mm. goes and plays a bit of AFL, <clears throat> comes back to rugby, goes to, you know, go, might, might do something else, go to rugby league. Yeah, a bit of touch footy. Yeah, touch yeah, footy, yeah. then come back to rugby. But as long as you support the game and, and you want to see your team do well, being the Wallabies, play on. Like, that's great. Yeah. Just hold it there as we're going to take a quick break. If you enjoyed this episode, why don't you check out a previous one where I spoke to Wallaby, Phil War, and All Blacks legend Andrew Mertens when we spoke about life and rugby in general. Now, I've got another junior reporter here, mm-hmm. former, a former uh, teammate of yours. I'll, mm. I'll see if you guess who told me this. He said, just to mention the quote, there is no, there's no other Ballymore. Oh, Scott, but oh, that's... That's Scott Bowen or Tim Horan, one of the two. That was Gregan. I was a Greek. He read you love that joint. <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there, he, there is he no said other. You wouldn't answer the question. There, but is, no, there is no other Ballymore. <laughs> yeah. That was when you're a young single free and easy. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. right. Uh, hey, do you know what? The, one of the great, one of the great things about playing, <laughs> great, uh, great playing miss there, Bert. Yeah, 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 yeah right. it's just <laughs> left it through to the keeper. Yeah. Um, what time is this air? Because if it's if it's if it's, you can say what you want, if it's PM, we can un- we can unload. Um, uh, Queensland was fantastic to play with, yeah. you know. Like you, you go up there. I mean, as Gracie said, you know, some of the we, we've been, and, and like you, we've been able to travel around the world <laughs> to play a, a hobby for a living, and, yeah. and, and that's what I always that's, talk, I, that's what I always say to people. And you know, I was, and you would have maybe touched on it, Grace, in the old amateur days. Like you know, we we played, and I was only thinking about it today coming here about like Campisi played the first player to play a hundred Test matches. You can make 100 test matches now in about, if you're consistent, in about maybe six years. You know, like, mm. Yeah. About yeah. that? Yeah. It's 10 uh, tests a year. 15 yeah. tests a year? Thereabouts? 13, yeah. 15 tests a year? So like, the, the numbers are hard to correlate now. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, and then sometimes half of those players only come on as reserve. They might play 20 minutes, you know. So you, you haven't – so there's, a, there's incredible respect for those guys previous. But when you go around the world and you go to South Africa and you go to, you know, Edinburgh and you're, you're playing in – Murrayfield, Twickenham down in London there. Like, these are uh, great places to say, like, I've, I've run onto that turf and, yeah. and done my stuff. Special. So it, it is. And, and, it's a, and it's something that 99.9% of the population will never do, never get to. Do you miss it? 
Oh, 100%. Yeah? Yeah, 100%. You know, I, I'm, you know, I read the news for, for, for Channel 10 now, or Sport News Channel 10, and it's fantastic. And as Grazie said, you know, like, what's a sport bloke doing, you know, teaching his rugby type thing? <laughs> sports reporter. Um, but first and foremost, I, 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 I'm... And, and one of my bosses at work still comes over and says, you are remembered for that, you know, like yeah. a, as what you did. And so it'll always be there, absolutely. And, 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 and it was a privilege to play for your country. I remember when we, I first played Australian schoolboys and then you're looking up going, you know, how, the, the, like a pathway from here, Australian under-21s it was at the time. And then we're sitting on the sideline watching the test match play. And you just realise, and you hear the hits, like the, the, yeah. the, the, and you think, I could never play that. No. You know? And then my first test match was against South Africa in 1993, and I, <laughs> I came on, South Africans, mate, they were big, they were strong, <laughs> they were just enormous. Nasty. And, and Damien Smith went down injured, and I came on. And, I, and you talk about, like, shitting yourself moments. <laughs> it was just like, I got this photo of me standing there with a black mouth guard. Rocky Four had just come out, and Ivan Drago was one mean motherfucker. I thought, yeah. I'm going to wear a black mouth guard because I'm looking. My hair's. I'm perfect. hard. I'm hard. <laughs> Even if I'm not hard, I'm going to look hard. And and Yuli Schmidt, who's their hooker, ran at me, and it was my first tackle. And I, and I and I, yeah, I was it, my friend. And 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 I and I got him, and I and I I got winded. I remember just thinking, you just got to get up. Like it doesn't matter how are you feeling, you just got to get up. And I was busted. Um, but you think to yourself, well, there's a start. You know, it would have been the same with you. Yeah, you know, when face you, when the West Indies. 100%. First, Ooh, first ball, you're just thinking to yourself. <laughs> well, I, I walked out my first one day for Australia no just way. in a cap against Ambrose and Walsh. Because <laughs> I, I wanted to try and get a root that night. I thought I'd go see my face on television. <laughs> That's great. I wouldn't get a root with fucking no teeth. No, <laughs> take your head off. Anyway. <laughs> mate, I'm going to swap codes here. So early, early um, – I remember Scott Bowen asked me to play it in a charity game of cricket down Sutherland and they were, they were doing some yards and we turned up and we're with like cricket royalty, you know, like as in <clears throat> Pascal and crew and you know, all the old blokes and we get there and it was, mate, dead set, it had been raining for three days, the pitch was wet, it was overcast, Ooh. the ball was brown <laughs> and, and um, uh, Bevan was playing, Michael Bevan was playing, yes. he was keeping at the time and I came in it was, and I think it was like Trevor Chapel and... and, and it, Hughes, one of the Hughes boys, brothers, is okay. in the Graham Hughes yeah, yeah, yeah. family. And they, man, they were playing for their average. Like they, were, they were like playing and missing. Like it, was like, it was like, get in there. And so they said, mate, go in next drop. And, and mate, I had no – like when I played cricket as a kid, there was no helmet. Like no. you just played a, a yeah. cap. And I went out and my hair was long and I went out there with no hat on. And Len Pascoe was bowling the other end. Oh, jeez. And he came in and he Tenovich. went like, Yeah, 100%. Lenny yeah. Tenovich. He came in and he went, and, I, and I, I took this ball on the back foot, rising, and I went, jeez, that's quick. Like, you know, like, and then the ground announcer goes, gee, Lenny, I thought you were a bit quicker than that. I thought, oh, for fuck's sake. I don't need that. So he's taken another five steps and he's done it again. And then the third ball, I've, I've put him through the covers for, for a single. And Steve Rickson was playing as well. And I'm, I'm running down the other end and he's going, you stupid prick, you stupid. Oh, and, I'm running past. and he came in and he took another five steps and he bowled this one. And, and Bev, Michael Bevan stayed up at the stumps and he turned around, never forget, he turned around and he goes, he goes, Bev, what are you doing? And he goes, mate, I'm just going to keep up to this one. He goes, right, I'll have to take the both of you out there. And I remember going, like, oh, my God. And, 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 and to his credit, Michael was sitting there behind me. He goes, mate, you know where this one's going. Yes. Just get set early. Yeah. And so he literally, he was, mate, he was, he was midair. You were ducking. And, I, and mate, I was already inside <laughs> the ball. Like, and this thing bounced over my head. And, uh, and he sprayed me for like an over and a half. And so that's was, Lenny. Oh, that's Lenny. But yeah. it's like, welcome. He's, he was, he's, a, he's a good guy, Lenny. <laughs> 
dumb as a box of hammers, but he's a good bloke. <laughs> now, listen, uh, I ask every guest on the show the same question. I'll ask you first, Nathan. Yep. Um, if you're a young, talented boy or girl coming through now and you want to play the game of rugby, what mm. advice would you give them? Oh, I'd say get your, get your fundamentals really yep. good, your basic yep. skills, your catch and pass, your yep. tackle. Get those two right and you'll be um, <clears throat> light years ahead of a lot of, yeah. lot of young people coming through. I agree with that. Berkey? I would say play uh, a lot of sports. Uh, you know, I, I think that we, we, I've got a great quote on my phone about this bloke talking about movement patterns. And if we, if we start too early, I think we lose that ability. I mean, it would, you know, you boys could have played and we mm. played cricket and, you, you know, we, there was, it was tennis or volleyball or, you know, whatever. So I think if you learn a cross-code of sports, it helps you in the big scheme of things. Yeah, so definitely. I'd say definitely do everything. Yeah, I agree, mate. Well, I'm playing, I'm playing tennis with, with Mertz uh, and, oh, nice. and a, a mate uh, He does a big day every year, so... Looking at the size of him, I'll probably be fetching a few lobs, I reckon. Make him, ru- make him run, <laughs> I reckon. Make him run. I've got a big serve. I'm going to put him on the net. So you, you return everything, mate. <laughs> yeah. Mate, boys, thanks, for coming, on, thanks for coming on lunch with Lee. Um, we have some nice food now. And uh, thanks to our Brian Beer for bringing the show together. And uh, thanks for your time, Good guys. Good play. Thanks, thanks Absolutely. No drama. Thanks. Beautiful. That's it for lunch with Lee this week. A big thank you goes out to our guests, Matty Burke and Nathan Gray. Thanks to our sponsors, O'Brien Beer and Main Hair Care. Make sure you follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. And do us a favour, hit five stars and if you're passionate, leave a review. And come check us out on our socials, I'm at Lunch With Lee. Our official Lunch With Lee photography was done by Felicity Kelly. You can find her on Instagram at Felicity Kelly Portraits. And a big thanks to our producer, Dan McHugh. Next week, we'll be chatting some more complete legends about sport, music and business on another cracker episode of Lunch With Lee. We'll see you then. <laughs>